Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com you're the mom the maid the keeper of the cookies you do it all and you look good doing it it's parenthood on a mother level here's your host denise hanitka people i have been so anxious to share this podcast with you because this one features my very first family member joining me on the pod. This is my sister-in-law, Erica, as my special guest today. And Erica is actually the godmother of the podcast because she's the one who suggested the name on a mother level. The second she said it, I knew it was the one. You give that girl a glass of wine. She takes on the world. She can do anything. Go, Erica. Something else you need to know about Erica. Okay, she lives in Fort Lauderdale or in the burbs, as you'll hear. So we recorded this while I was in Florida last month. It might sound a little different than normal, but it still sounds pretty good. Um, I'm sharing this uh, conversation now because it's launch week for her new online boutique, and it's called Thread and Theory. I am so super proud of her for this venture. You are going to love her clothes. So listen to the end of the podcast and I'll let you in on a little giveaway that we are doing to celebrate the launch of Thread and Theory. Erica is gorgeous. She's hilarious. She has great style. She also has the misfortune of being married to my little brother. So we can all weep for her and feel very sorry for her. But anyway, here she is. It's Erica Hanitka. Hey, everybody. It's On a Mother Level. I'm Denise Sanitka, and I'm on location. I'm on location in, would this be a suburb of Fort Lauderdale? Is, is. Are we in the burbs? We are in the burbs. The Florida burbs. I'm in the Florida burbs with my sister-in-law, Erica. Erica Hanitka. Erica Torres Hanitka. Micro-influencer, mother, fashionista. And in fact, I'm sitting here in her beautiful, expansive, gorgeous closet. We're sitting on the floor, so that pretty much takes all the bougie out of it. <laughs> it's the best we can do. Erica is, um, so how would you describe like your job title at this exact second? Um, I would say I, well, my job title at Vintage Vault. Yeah. So my job title at Vintage Vault is a general manager. Okay. I would say, because um, I do a little bit of everything, so yeah. I say I... I help with the buying, I do the social media, I merchandise the store, so kind of my hand is in a little bit of everything. But you're the type of person who just has like the eye. You know what I mean? Like you have vision when it comes to fashion, you have vision when it comes to setting up your home. Yeah, I would would say so. Um, I also feel like I also have a passion for it, so 
it's something that I enjoy doing. And I guess it doesn't really feel like a job. Yeah. It never has for me, even when I worked at my previous job. So. Well, I am excited that you're on the podcast. I know that this feels like totally out of your realm, but I'm excited about you on this podcast because for all these years, I've been wondering what you really thought about our family. And so that's what we're going to, <laughs> that's what we're going to dive into right now, because this is our fa-la-la-la-la, la family pod. This will be our little like Christmas, Christmas season Podcast episode. extravaganza. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so we always do our wins and our losses for okay. the week. Mm-hmm. And so these might be a little bit outdated by the time this airs, but I think it's fine because everyone's going to be doing the family traveling during the holidays. So yeah. I feel like no questions asked. My win for the week is traveling on a plane 100%. with a three-year-old and a nine-month-old. 100%. You made it. Honestly, okay, so I do feel like you need to start traveling with them early Because really, you're building the confidence in yourself that you can do it. It's almost not even about the kids. It's like you having the guts to get on an airplane, a confined space, where others have judgment (laughs) eyes, and you're just willing to, like, put yourself out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think the first time we traveled with Levi was just like, all right, well, you just got to do it. Yeah. And we did it, and it was fine. Because I think if you wait until they're five years old... You are now terrified because you have no idea mm-hmm. what to expect. They have a full mind of their own. Yep. But if you start with a three-month-old or a nine-month-old, you can kind of just get your bearings with these small humans. Yes, definitely. So that would be my tip number one. Um, I would say out of all of the flights, and I've only traveled maybe five times with my kids, maybe fewer on a plane. But I think the number one tip is... The unexpected toys, something they've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Definitely like crisis snacks. That's key. And then also, I think you have to just run them or keep them as busy as possible and get on the plane as late as possible. You don't want to be on there first. Oh, see, I'm, see, naturally with kids like out of the equation, I'm like a, I got to board the plane first. Really? Yes. I know I'm the most annoying person. So are you the stupid person who stands in the line? I'm 100% the stupid Oh person. my God. Those are the worst kind of people. I am the worst kind of person. <laughs> I also, I also like to like illegally board where it, when it's not my zone because I, I feel the need to just be on the plane. Wait a minute. Like I'm zone three, but I need to board with zone one. So has anyone ever called you out and looked at your ticket and said, ma'am, no. Your zone three. No. And you know what's funny is John is the same way. So he likes, we, we kind of like feed off each other and we're like, all right, we're not going to get caught. Like, <laughs> we just got to go now. Zone two seems a little like chill. So we like pop in, you know, we act kind of cool. Just hand them the, you know, the boarding pass. They kind of scan it. Yeah. They're not paying attention. And then we're, we feel like this like great victory once we've made it past. Wow. What an adrenaline rush. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things in life, <laughs> Wow, I'm learning so much about you already. <laughs> okay, so um, so that was my win for the week, is surviving this trip here. Um, what is your win for this week? All right, I would say my win for the week, just because of, and you know, everything that I've had going on as of late, um, I would say my win for the week is being able to balance this last week of working, being a mom, and also trying to get my business up and running. Yeah. Just because now I'm on, like, a month deadline, so... 
trying to get everything done and then getting off of work, you know, kind of as late as I do and getting home and still finding time to like be with Levi, but also build my website and yeah. price my things and like do all of these things. So I feel like that's my win is like being able to, to figure out the balance. And literally you're figuring out the balance weekly, sometimes daily. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> and sometimes I get home and I'm like, there's no balance. There's just no such yeah. thing. But I feel like this last week I've kind of got it under control and I have a system. So I feel good about that. So we need to, we need to be more specific here. Okay. Yes. So you have a five month old Levi. Yes, I do. And so you're the general manager at Vintage Vault, which is like antique furniture slash some new stuff. Yeah, I it's mean... like an eclectic home home decor store. Okay. So we have everything from like large pieces of furniture to like small home accessories, candles, etc. But then you're launching an online boutique called Thread and Theory. Yes. So I, my background has always been in apparel um, and clothing and it's just what I have always had a passion for. So now I'm kind of branching out. I'm still going to work at Vintage Vault, um, but I'm doing my own clothing pop-up. So it'll be an online shop with the pop-up at Vintage Vault. Okay. Um, so yeah, like Denise said, it's uh, Shop Thread and Theory, um, and it's going to be women's clothing and accessories. Yay. Um, okay, so we're going to talk so much more about that, and I want to know like what it takes to start an online boutique and all of that stuff that you do. But first, we want to tear you down a little and talk about you, your fail for the week. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, and we, we kind of briefly spoke about this the other day, but my 100% my fail is... So my kid is five months old, like Denise mentioned. <laughs> um, he is a pretty hefty and healthy kid, I would say. Um, I cannot for the life of me figure out why my kid continues to pee through his diaper, through his onesie, onto the mattress every single night. Every night. Every night. I, I mean, I don't know what else to do. I've upped the diaper size. Okay. It's like up to his boobs at this point. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to do. I'm just like, it is what it is. He's just going to have to sleep in his pee because... There's nothing else I can do. Well, but he's a great sleeper, so it typically never bothers him. No, it doesn't bother him. And I think the thing, too, is maybe because he is only five months old, but he's sleeping, you know, 12 hours a night. I think, I don't know, the buildup is just... Right. It's just kind of natural. Right. So. Right. As long as he's not uncomfortable, I mean, it is what it is. I guess I'm just going to be doing a lot of laundry. But honestly, isn't that the worst, though, especially when you're, like, maybe trying to get out the door in the morning and you're like... Thinking maybe we you go. could you could budget that onesie for maybe a one more time wear. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he wakes up soaked. Yep. Not so, happening. Yeah. And the other day he there was like a brand new sleeper, you know, zipper onesie, and I put it on him the night before for like the first time, and he sure enough woke up covered in pee, <laughs> and um, it was a new onesie, and it was like a navy blue color, kind of like terry cloth, and then because it was soaked, the navy blue like ink, I guess. Oh no. Bled all over him his whole body was stained in blue the sheets were all blue his like he had like fuzzies from the terry cloth like in every crevice <laughs> so that was a lot of fun and that was actually john woke up that morning to like get him changed and he was like uh-uh he's all blue he's blue <laughs> you gotta handle it i'm like okay <laughs> oh, i can totally hear john saying that too yeah i don't know what this says yeah i don't know, I, I don't know what's happening i don't he's know blue. but levi's blue, blue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so my loss you were here for, and I just feel like I need to declare it. So, um, we were planning, so we're in Fort Lauderdale and we're going to go to the brand new Hard Rock Hotel where they have this brand new, like, guitar portion, or as Abram declared, it was a filin. <laughs> <laughs> Not guitar, filin. Okay. <laughs> Apparently we have a Perfect. classically trained three-year-old. Um... 
anyway, so we've been planning for months that we were going to get this cabana um, outside the Hard Rock. And sure enough, it rains all day. And not just like like a oh, sputter. No. It's literally Hurricane Dorian 2.0. Yep outside our little cabana and yeah. we're just huddled in there watching a friend's marathon and eating all the chicken wings that they can bring to us <laughs> and so um yeah if you've ever spent six hundred dollars to sit inside a little hut for the day i i highly recommend yeah it. <laughs> i mean hey there's worse things i guess i know seriously that was seriously like first world problems i know 100 percent. it's raining in my cabana <laughs> But, I mean, overall, so Abe would have spent the entire time out in the pool. Oh, yeah. Rain or shine, he would have been out there Completely 100%. We bought this little life jacket thing, and he was living his best life yep. in that thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, honestly, this should have been in our win category. Everyone took naps in that damn cabana. Yes. Every single person did. Yep. yep. All so, the kids of all different ages. Yeah. Honestly, and you know, I'm obsessed with kids and sleep. Yep. And so I feel like we have three little rock stars yes. in for sure. I feel like we do. We do. Even like, I feel like even just throughout this whole trip so far. Oh, yeah. We've been like, all right, well, is he going to sleep? Is he not going to sleep? But then they always just like sleep. It always works fine. out. Yeah. It always works out. Okay. So our mom's in the headlines today. I want to talk about this article from parenting.com or parents.com. And it says... Um, that according to a survey, the first year of raising a kid, you'll have about 2,500 arguments with your partner. 2,500. That averages to seven arguments a day. Yeah, that's a lot. So, I mean, obviously we all know that having a newborn is stressful, but seven arguments a day? I mean... Like, there's no way, right? No, no. I Honestly, mean, what's the most arguments you've had in a day? Two. <laughs> I feel like two. Like one in the morning, one in the evening feels like plenty. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's like on the rocks as it should be, right? Yeah, exactly. It said, this survey said that like one in five couples will break up within the first year. I mean, then I feel like those couples probably shouldn't have been together to begin with. Well, I mean, what, I mean, that could just be completely bad scientific research. Yeah. One in totally. five. Yeah, that's dramatic. Can you remember, like, the most absurd thing that you've fought about since having Levi? Oh, I feel like, I mean, I feel like we fight about absurd things all the time. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm such an irrational person. <laughs> so I feel like I'm, John, John is, like, so even keel. So, like, when my crazy hits a 10, he's, like, at a 2. Okay. And he's just, like, completely unbothered by me. But I feel like we argued over... Yeah, like you poured five and a half ounces instead of five. That was one of the things that said you argued over. Yeah. And it's just like, like, okay, who cares? Like if he doesn't want to drink the extra half ounce, he won't. Right. But I'm like, it's just too much milk. You need, you can't, why did you pour that much milk? <laughs> and he's just like, okay, calm down. I can just put it back in the bottle. It's. Is there anything that he does with Levi that drives you bonkers? Yeah. I feel like he's a lot he's a lot less rigid in like the in the schedule or in like staying on like the yeah. routine and i'm a very very i feel like you can probably agree with this i'm a very ocd person i'm sitting in the cleanest house that i've literally ever seen and i grew up with my parents so yes <laughs> i i'm such an ocd person so when i see something that's like outside of what like my norm is i automatically like my radar like turns on and i'm like hm, why are you doing why are you doing that why are you doing it like that and he he tells me every day he's like 
things don't always have to be done in your way. There's more than one way to do things. <laughs> You're like, actually, Yeah, it's not. so it's not like a specific thing that he does, but I just feel like he's just more like relaxed. And he's yeah. like, well, who cares if I do th- this a little differently today? But in my mind, I'm like, well, if you do that differently, then he's not, he's not going to eat. He's not going to sleep. He's not going to go to the bathroom. So... <laughs> I, I guess this makes me sound so like a psychopath. a thousand times worse when you were pregnant then? No. D- it didn't amplify? No. I feel like it, it was just once he was born. Okay. Yeah. And okay. I feel like once he, like, since I've had a baby, I feel like my anxiety is just, like, at an all-time high. Really? Oh, yeah. And I never had anxiety before. So now I have anxiety over the smallest things. Like, and I know when I'm having anxiety, which I guess is, like, for some people, some people feel like they, you know, anxiety is, like, a whole other topic in itself. But some people feel like they're not sure, like, what's triggering it. But for me, it's just, like, as of late in these last five months... It's just, like, anything that's not on routine or on schedule causes me anxiety. Okay. And I'm like, well, here we are. Well, I mean, you guys are pretty rock solid with the schedule. Yeah. I think it's good. I do think it's good. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll pay off, you know, in the long run. But, yeah, I guess... I guess, and that's why we've kind of talked about it, like, kind of maybe being a double-edged sword. And I think more so, like, for my mental health, it's like a double-edged sword. Because I'm like, the minute I think we're getting off the schedule, like, my anxiety, like, shoots through the roof. And I'm like, well, oh, my God, like, everything's going to crumble. Right. And I don't know if that's, maybe that's, like, a common mom thing. Like, I don't know. I think it is. I think it is. And I think the only cure for it is to have a second. (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) I literally cannot even wrap my head around that right now. Honestly, when so I have always been on the let's have a third kid train and then I traveled with two for the very first time and I was sort of like if I lose this man-to-man coverage I don't know I, I like I, I mean I it's a total game changer around it. yeah total game changer so that might have scared me straight to uh-huh. be real honest with you as of right now my anxiety has scared me straight so <laughs> I'm hoping that I can overcome this anxiety once he starts to like get a little older and kind of like things start to kind of like chill out yeah. a little bit more then I can like go back to like being a relaxed human. But for right now, I'm an uptight, kind of crazy human. <laughs> but you're an only child, so yes. you know what it's like to be an only child. Yes. And then one day you come home and tell your parents <laughs> that you are dating some young Ukrainian boy <laughs> and you are from a Cuban family. Yes, I am. So what did they say about this this young, bald <laughs> Ukrainian boy named John Hanitka? Well, it was funny because so when... <laughs> The first they ever heard of John was, so John and I started dating in college. Um, I was a sophomore in college and it was like, it was like right before Christmas break. So like, like a few days before. And I was like, I would come home for Christmas break because I went to school in Alabama. So I would come home back to Florida and I would pack all my stuff and kind of like put it in storage. And so I don't remember if it was like Christmas break or it was summer. I think it, okay. oh, it was summer. Yeah. And I was like packing my stuff so that next, the next year I can move into a different apartment. So I didn't want to like lug all my furniture and stuff. So I like put it in a storage unit. And I remember my parents being like, well, do you need us to like come help? Like who's going to help you put all this stuff in the storage unit? And I was like, well, John is. And they, my, I remember my dad being like, who's John? Who's this John? And I'm like, oh, John, he's just, He's just a friend. Oh, God. You he, did the friend move. Yeah, I'm like, he's just a friend. And, I, of course, my parents were like, yeah, sure. Yeah, just a friends friend. love to help people move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so willing to lift furniture for someone. Just a pal. Yeah. A casual acquaintance. <laughs> so then I came home for the summer. And then when I went back to Auburn was when we officially started dating. Okay. So that was, like, kind of the first I heard of him. But they had heard of him. But, um... 
I don't, I'm trying to remember. Oh, and then the first time they met him. Okay. Was, so my parents drove up to Auburn for the weekend for a football game. And my parents have, like, an RV. So they brought the RV, and, like, it's, like, a big, like, Auburn, well, I feel like college towns are usually, like. Yeah. Tailgating central, you know, for, for college football. So um, they brought their RV up. They, like, parked in the tailgating lot. My parents are Hispanic, so, of course, it was, like, a big debacle. They, like, roasted a pig. It was, like, the whole thing. And so that was, like, the first time they met John. And I remember my parents being, like, and, and Stacy was there. So oh, they met, like, okay, my little sister Stacy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, they met John and Stacy together. And... I think they were just, like, fine. I think they were just like, oh, he's, like, okay. a nice, wholesome white boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, so, both of your parents are from Cuba. Yes. Yeah, so, both of my parents are from Cuba or Cuban. My dad was born in Cuba. Okay. And came here when he was four. Okay. And my mom, my mom's parents were born in Cuba, but my mom was born in New York. Okay. So... But did she ever, did she ever live in Cuba for a no. time? Okay. No, but, but my she parents has family have been, yeah, there? Yeah. Okay. So she's got two sisters in Cuba um, that she just actually recently met a few years ago. That's so cool. Um, yeah. So my mom is actually one of 10. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So the two that are in Cuba and then the rest were here. So she's got a big family. So, but coming from a Cuban family mm-hmm. and growing up in South Florida, was there any pressure to like meet a nice Cuban boy? No, 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 not at all. I feel like my, I don't know, I guess my parents are more like, they've spent the majority of their lives like in the United States. Sure. So I think that they were more, you know, relaxed when it came to, to who I dated. Okay. Yeah. So now you and John start dating and it's funny because at the same time, my other brother, Mike, who's older. Oh, so yes. it's Mike, me, John, and Stacy is like the birth order. So meanwhile, your other friend is dating my older brother. Yes. And they ended up going on to get married. Yes. So that's like just very funny. Yeah. So I actually knew Mike before I met John. So <laughs> Mike was, he, he was like the, what is it called? Like manager of the apartment complex that we used yeah. to live in um in college and so me and my now sister-in-law hannah were friends and hannah and mike were dating and so i knew mike and then mike was kind of like hey i have a younger brother he's moving here from chicago and you were like oh okay great. yeah <laughs> hey he's like your age he can totally hang out with you and your sorority sisters and i'm like okay sure like miss social butterfly over here so that was that and then when he came down we kind of just met and we've been together like, ever look since look at you Mm-hmm. That's like he so saw, gross to me. He saw Latina <laughs> and it was game over. Honestly, though, I remember specifically in high school, John always like dating girls with like darker features, darker really? hair. Yeah. And I remember like my parents talking about that, that they would be like, oh, Mike likes those blondes. And he ended up marrying a blonde. Oh, and I'm like, oh John likes the darker, more exotic girls. And here, <laughs> I just here I remember that. And I remember them being like, you don't date. You're not a thing. Like, <laughs> you, you hush. <laughs> you go to your room. Okay, so um, I love the story that you tell. Was it the very first date? Yes. Okay. How can we forget this? <laughs> All right, so your first date with okay. my little brother. Yeah. Go. So my first date, he says, like, we're going to go out to dinner. I mean, we both lived in Auburn at the time, very small town, not very many, like, fine dining locations right. in Auburn. Um, so there, w- there was this one. And we're, of course, he's like, this is where we're going to go because it's like the nicest place. Um, we're going to have a drink. We're going to have some nice food. I'm like, okay, this is great. So we get to the restaurant. We have a great meal, great drinks. Everything's wonderful. It comes time 
for the bill. So the waitress brings on over the bill. John, you know, she like leaves for a second, comes back. John has put his like credit card in the little, you know, plastic thing. So sly. Yeah. So he puts his credit card in there. So she comes back and she like opens it up and she's like, oh, we don't accept uh, MasterCards. (laughs) And so then I can see in John's face just like sheer panic. Like, um, well, that's all I have. So then he like looks at me. Very embarrassed. Just like, oh no, what do I do? And so then I'm like, well, I mean, we're not going to like dine and dash. So I'm like, all right, I I guess I'll pay for the meal. So that's how our first date went. I ended up paying for our first date because they didn't accept the credit card. I like to tell people that his credit card got declined, but that's not a real story. (laughs) So you go back to where you were living and everyone's like, how did this date go? And you were like, homeboy's credit card doesn't work yeah you know what's funny is i never like in the now i look back on it and it's like a funny story yeah but like on the day that it happened or like even the week after it happened i feel like i didn't think it was like a thing yeah yeah i was just like oh this guy's so 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 nice like he just they didn't accept his credit card it's fine so on turner and i's very first date he also took me to like the nice place in town Mm -hmm. and we were in macomb illinois which is even smaller than auburn And so we went to the nice place. It's called Red Ox. And my favorite meal at the Red Ox was this, like, massive spaghetti baked platter. And I'm not an idiot. I'm not ordering that on a first date. Right. So I'm like, ugh, like, I really want to get this spaghetti platter, but, like, I just can't do it. I'm going to get a salad instead. Well, I ordered, like, chicken and wild rice, which ended up being the driest, worst chicken. And by the way, like, I'm also nervous because I'm there with this, like, very, very, like, burly bearded man that, like, I've known for a little while. And I'm like so so nervous (laughs) and so I'm like picking at this chicken and wild rice and it's not very good but I'm also very nervous so it's like kind of a combo platter where if I was starving I'm sure I would have eaten it but I just like couldn't like stomach it and because it wasn't very good like I knew I wasn't going to go back to my dorm and eat it so when they asked me if I wanted a to-go box I said no and so like Turner later told me that like me turning down the to-go box was like a real question mark in his head like who doesn't take home their leftover food? Oh. <laughs> and now he knows that, like, I always take home the leftover food, but I just, like, couldn't stomach this, right, like, right. chicken and wild rice. You were just like, get this out of my face. I was face. just like, no. But, but yeah, then he was like, weird. What's with this girl and not taking <laughs> home the chicken? And then I don't know why, but so he had borrowed his friend's truck for the night. And so after dinner, like, he just dropped me back off at home. Like, we didn't, like, go out and do something that after. Oh. We just, like... Went home. Went home. And it wasn't even, like, oh, would you like to go somewhere else? No, I wouldn't. It was, like, a perfectly fine date, and then the dinner was over, and then we just both went home. Hmm. And then we ended up hanging out, like, every day after, after that. that. Interesting. But, but I'm trying to figure out why we didn't, like, go have ice cream or, like... Yeah. Walk around somewhere. No, we literally just, like... Thank you for the dinner. Yeah, it was so nice to dine with you. <laughs> Thank you for the know? chicken and wild rice. Like, <laughs> yeah, so weird. Like, oh, I still have no idea why we did that. Well. It's just weird. It is weird. I mean, nowadays mm-hmm. people are like, let's go on a date and yeah. then let's go have a drink and, you know. Well, and maybe, because, you know, I don't totally remember, but so, because he had, we had met at a bar the night before and he had asked me out to dinner. Like when we were at that bar, he was like, Hey, do you want to go out to dinner tomorrow? I'm like, yes, you know, I would uh-huh. like, he asked me out like for a proper date. Right. And so, but since we were like drinking at the bar that night, I wasn't a hundred percent sure 
if we was, actually oh, made a date, right. you know? So I remember I was sitting on the phone with my friend, like the day of the quote unquote date. And I was like, this clown hasn't confirmed with me. Right. Like we haven't solidified anything. I don't know what time he's coming. I don't know what's happening. And she's like, don't get ready for that. That's garbage. Like he's clearly not coming. And so she was like trying to steal me for the fact that like oh. this date wasn't going to happen. Right. So like I didn't shower. I didn't get ready. I didn't anything. And then all of a sudden he's calling me and he's like, where do you live again? And I'm like, what? Oh. So I had to like ram and jam, get ready in like all of 10 to 15 minutes. Oh. All because I did not want to be heartbroken by like getting myself all ready. Right. And, and then, then him like not showing show up. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. funny. So I probably was like, I am unshowered. Yeah. <laughs> I am unkempt. <laughs> like it's time to go home. And I didn't take all my leftovers. <laughs> I, mean... I probably went down to the calf for some mozzarella sticks. <laughs> <laughs> um, anywho. So... After college, you end up going to New York for a little while. Yeah, so I actually went to New York my junior year going into senior okay. year. So I, um, at the time, I thought I, when I graduated college, I wanted to live in New York. So a little backstory, my degree is in fashion merchandising. Gotcha. So um, I wanted to, you know, fashion capital of the world. I wanted to go to New York and yeah. live this, like, big city life. Um, not like I'm not from a big city, but I wanted to live in a different big city. Um, so... I went to New York for an internship. I got an internship at a um, lifestyle and beauty PR firm, and it was the worst three months of my entire life. Oh my gosh, worst? Worst. So, I mean, I think I was just young, and I think I maybe unprepared for, like, what New York was. Okay. And, I mean, I feel like New York is, for all the great that it is, it's it's just like a dog-eat-dog world, and okay. I feel like... It could kind of be lonely if you don't know anybody. And so the only person that I knew in that huge city was my roommate at the time. So we both went to Auburn. We both did this internship, two separate internships together, but we lived together. And so it was like just us. And then we worked opposite schedules. So my internship was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and hers was like Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so I was always at work when she was always like at the dorm. And so we like barely even crossed paths. And then all we had was like weekends and we didn't make a ton of friends there. So I remember us just like being like us two on the weekends being like, we thought like this isn't what we thought it was going to be. We're not cut out for New York. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, it's funny because both of us were like dead set on like living in New York. And both of us after those like three months that we were just like, nope, like not going to do it. Yeah. And now I look back and now I'm like, you know, I was young. I didn't like... I didn't know a ton of people. I also maybe didn't really know how to, like, socialize and, like, meet people and connect with people. Um, So I think I just kind of, like, stayed in my dorm and maybe didn't go out much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I love New York as a city. I, you know, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's, like, an iconic place. Oh, my gosh, yes. And if I could do it again, I feel like I I would live in New York. You yeah. can see me living in New York. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yes. We I were just talking it. about Andy Dorfman. She's yes. living a New York life. She really Former is. Former bachelorette. Yeah. Anyone doesn't follow her. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So um, at this time, you're still dating John. Mm-hmm. You guys have like a brief moment of like trying to Separation. figure things out. Yes. 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 Yeah. And that so... was. Um, so we I was in New York. John and I were still dating. He came up to visit me with my parents when I was there. That was when you got married. Mm-hmm. So that was the summer that you got married. Um, yep. And, um, yeah, we, we dated all, all the way up until I graduated college. So I went back to Auburn, finished my senior year, 
And then when I graduated college, I moved straight home. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents were kind of just like pushing for me to find, you know, like another internship at home for like right after I was done. And I did just that with anthropology. So that's how I kind of ended up back here. Um, And then John at the time was a police officer in kind of like another suburb of Auburn. Um, And he had waited a long, long time to become a police officer. Yeah. It was a really hard process for him. So when he finally got the job, it was kind of like, well, now you're leaving and moving to Florida. But now I'm like, do I like kind of drop this new job that I just got as a police officer and kind of like try to start and be a police officer in Florida? Probably not. So it hadn't even been like a year of him being a police officer. So he stayed back in Auburn and was kind of going to like stick it out for a year and then see where things went. Well, I kind of started my job and then I knew for sure that I wasn't like, once I started my job, I knew I wasn't going to live like anywhere else. Yeah. And so he was kind of still up in the air. And so we kind of decided like, okay, we're going to go our separate ways. He ended up moving back to Chicago for a while, trying to be a police officer there. And we like, we didn't talk at all for like months. It was like eight months of us, like not speaking at all. And then one day he he was just like, all right, I don't know why I like moved to Chicago. I should have just moved to Florida because for all the headache that it was to try to get a job in Chicago and then not get a job in Chicago, he could have just tried to get a job here. Right. So eventually he realized that and then he packed up his stuff and moved to Florida. And So this whole time, were you like, were you in Florida like pining away or like, did you want to get that call from him being like, hey, like I'm coming to Florida or like, where were you at on that? No, I had totally like removed myself from the situation. I'm also like a very, when it comes to like relationships, <laughs> I'm like cutthroat. I'm like, you don't want to move here. We're done. I'm moving on see you never that is so harsh yeah i'm like very cutthroat when it comes to relationships and i've always been like that and like a breakup for me is like a breakup it's not like we're gonna talk we're gonna like mull this over no it's always been like a see you bye that's it wow and so that's what it was for john i'm like so dramatic and so i was like the breakup was like (laughs) i deleted my facebook my instagram my twitter like i like disappeared off the face of the planet and i like would go back and forth to New York because my best friend at the time was living there and I would like go for weekends and hang out. And yeah, I just was totally like living, you know, I guess a newly single life. And then eight months comes around and he's kind of like, oh, wait. And then I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I do miss him. Oh, maybe we should get back together. And then he came to Florida and he, I think he came to visit me for like a weekend. Okay. Um, first. And then I kind of, you know, I said again, I'm like, I have at the time I still had my job and he didn't have, you know, like a set career yet. Right. And so he knew he wanted to be a police officer, but he didn't have that job lined up. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to leave my, my set job in Florida mm-hmm. to go to Chicago. And then both of us don't have a set job. That doesn't make any sense. No. So then I think he kind of, started to understand that even though prior to the breakup I had explained that but I think he kind of was like okay well that does make sense and now that he had seen after months and months and months of trying to become a police officer how hard it was like you know what are what are the odds that I just like go to Chicago and land a job just like that you know Mm -hmm. and then god forbid we both would have ended up in the situation of like trying and trying and trying to find a job and then what if we don't so I think I kind of made that clear when he came down to visit and he agreed. And then he said, all right, well, if I'm going to like keep this job hunt up, I might as well keep it up in Florida. So that was that. Well, so honestly, it's been a minute since I've been in the dating game, obviously. But like, I think a lot of, of women need to have that attitude more where it's just like, here's what I am doing. Yeah. Yes. I'm willing to figure out what you're doing. Right. Also like I'm going to do me first. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, 
it's it's funny because I was so young like I I got my job with anthropology straight out of college and so I I had this career and, and I worked for them for seven years so it's like I was like all the way up in the ranks of my career when John was like just starting out. Yeah. And by the way, disclaimer, he never got a job as a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny Boy is now an electrician. Mm-hmm. And it was it's funny the way things happen because he he loves being an electrician. And yeah. he's he's always just been like a handy guy. Yes. And he's always loved to like do, you know, kind of like trade style work yes. and so this electrician job was like a friend of mine that I worked with in anthropology has you know a friend's family owns this like electrical company and so she was like yeah I'll get him a job you know just something to hold him over until he finds something else and he's been with them ever since mm-hmm. so here we are eight years later nine years later whoa yeah and John is an electrician and now I work at Vintage Vault. <laughs> okay, so I'm a total dum-dum, and I don't think I ever really realized that when you go to the mall, all those displays are set up, and, like, like that's somebody's job. It's yes. not just, like, 15-year-olds behind the counter mm-hmm. ringing you up. No. Like, there is a whole, like, visual yes. job there. Yes. There's I don't people think that, I realized that was a career. Yeah, there's people that you don't see. Like, yeah. there's people that are behind the scenes in every store, for the most part. Um, and that's what you were doing at Anthro. Yeah, so um, I kind of started, I started as an intern, and then I was a merchandiser, which um, is what my degree was in. And that is pretty much the person that, like, places the product. So kind of the way that, like, big box retail works is that that, you know, your your distribution center, your corporate office is sending you the product that you display in your stores. It's the merchandiser's job to place that product on the floor, either accord, according to your company's guidelines. Um, some company guidelines are stricter than others. Um, some give you planograms where you follow exactly what the picture says. Um, Anthro was none of that. So when I first started at Anthro, it was like such a creative environment. They... They didn't give us any direction, really. It was just mostly, like, this is the general idea. Okay. Um, You know, there's, like, a preppy girl, a boho girl, and there's, like, a where-to-work, you know, girl. So make sure that when you're putting the product out, it's going in, like, the appropriate area. Okay. But it's up to you to decide, like, how you're outfitting these pieces. So I loved that. Um, well, th- I mean, if you're going to be in that business, it seems like you would want the most creative freedom yes. as possible, right? Yes. You don't want to be following, like, a color, like, color the dots no, no, situation no, no. definitely not and that'll lead me to kind of like why I ended up deciding to to part ways but yeah so I was a merchandiser I had the time of my life doing that job I loved it and then um and then I was promoted to an assistant visual manager um where I had a merchandiser of my own so I would like oversee the merchandiser okay. and we would kind of like do the things together and for those of you guys who have like seen an anthropology or been in an anthropology it's not just like the clothing, no. it's the displays. And so underneath the visual manager title is a merchandiser and a display coordinator. So a display coordinator is the person who is in charge solely of constructing and installing the displays that you see. Okay. And so kind of everything that they do creatively has direction from corporate office. And then, you know, as the visual manager, you're the one that kind of like oversees the process make sure that like the craft of the project is good that what's being installed looks you know up to par yeah and it's 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 an art installation is what it is you know a lot of the times you walk into an anthropology and it's like this grand old you know display and it's funny because people think that there's like it comes in a pre-pack or you know you're kind of just like oh let me slap this together and like throw it up no but it's like one person in a room 
crafting, you know, for months and months and months, you know, the season prior to the season that they're going to put this display yeah. up. So it's like, it's like a fun little world behind the scenes of like anthropology. Um, so yeah, that was like an assistant visual manager. And then I was promoted to visual manager. So I kind of oversaw, you know, in addition to the visual team, then you're kind of at the same level as a store manager. The store manager is your partner. So you oversee everything from like the department managers on like the operational side of the business to the visual team. So that's what I did. So in the holiday time, I mean, that's gotta be like hell in retail, right? Yeah, and and, uh, retail or holidays in retail start in what month are we in now we're in okay so this is we're recording this in november yes so we're in november and they would have started prepping everything for holiday in the late summer yeah see i like so it's like they'll they'll release all of the information in like the late summer so we'll get a glimpse into like what holiday will look like and then they'll kind of say okay well windows so windows holiday windows are up before halloween if that gives you any like yeah so like september is like crunch month for like getting holiday season like prepped and ready to go in retail so but everybody gets so mad about christmas starting too early and i'm not ready for this yet right what about thanksgiving right but i mean right now we were just at the mall today and it is fully christmas oh yeah oh yeah santa claus is there i mean the whole (laughs) nine okay do you have any like retail secrets for like holiday shoppers like if you're I don't know. What what do we not know about holiday shopping that, like, a retail insider would know? I mean, I would say, ooh, some juicy, juicy insider Ju- yeah. info. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess I could really only speak for, like, the one retailer I work sure. for. But I would say don't, don't shop full price. Yeah. Don't ever shop full price because <gasps> – because – you will eventually see whatever it is that you wanted at full price on sale. And I think now more than ever before, there is always a promotion. Well, because everything is priced to be cut. Yes. Because there's that whole psychology of like, but it's 50% off. Exactly. But you were planning all along that that item was going to be 50% off. Exactly. Yeah. And if, (laughs) and I mean, if you shop, you know, at higher end retailers at an anthropology stores like that, you know, something that's 50% off could still be a hundred bucks. Right. So I think that a lot of people are like, well, if I don't get it now, then like, I'm not going to get it. But that's not true at all. I think in addition to like the normal holidays where you know there's going to be a sale, there's going to be a Black Friday sale, mm-hmm. there's going to be um, a, you know, Chris, some kind of Christmas sale, whatever. There's a summer sale, you know, usually like the blowout for summer so that like fall stuff can start to come in. Like right. all of those sales aside from that, there's almost always a promotion. Yeah. There's almost always like some kind of code you can use online. I never shop without a promo code yeah. ever. And I mean, yeah, I, I would say... I well, would that's just not say true. never. I do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I also got really spoiled shopping with a discount. So oh, shopping gosh. with an employee discount and then going to like not having that employee discount and like having that employee discount at Anthro Free People and Urban. And now I'm like, so you're I just really... a peasant like the rest of oh, us. Oh, yeah. I walked into Free People today and I'm like, <laughs> I can't shop here without a discount. Get me out of this place. Okay, so now you are, you're still doing the same sort of creative work, but Mm -hmm. with different stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, essentially. Now I'm doing it with, like, furniture. 
And, so, and anthropology does carry home stuff. Yes. So I did do it at anthropology with home decor. It was just smaller, a lot smaller. Like they, there's a lot of kitchen stuff yeah. at anthropology where like in my store now, it's more like accents and accessories and, you know, whatever, more decorative like style home stuff. So Vintage Vault is like a family owned business. Yes. So do you think is, would you credit your mom for like your sense of style and your eye? Because your mom has incredible style. Yes, definitely where it came from. Yes. Yeah. And my mom has always been the one that's like more into like the home stuff. And I've always had like more of the more, I guess more of the passion for the clothing side. Okay. And so I think it's fun to kind of like see now that like our worlds are going to kind of collide a little bit mm -hmm. in, in a good way because my my pop-up shop will be inside of our family store which is more home stuff so it'll be fun because now people can walk in and they'll get a little bit of everything so. so what made you want to venture into the clothing business so it's something that i've always wanted to do i've always wanted to own my own business i knew i from day one i wanted to have a clothing boutique the end game is is still to have my own like store but that's you know in the long run yeah and very expensive. <laughs> How do you even decide to get started with like an online clothing boutique? Like what is even step one? Yeah, well, I, so I was actually, funny enough, supposed to launch this clothing boutique w before Levi came along. So right after I kind of parted ways with Anthro, started working for the family business, um, it, I knew, I was like, I'm leaving Anthro and I'm working for my family business, but like my goal is to start Thread and Theory. And I got pregnant, you know, things, plans change. So um, I knew I'd always wanted to do it, but once I found out I was pregnant, I was like, okay, well, it's not feasible right this second, yeah. but I'm going to take this time while I'm pregnant to do all of the research so that when I'm done being pregnant and kind of, you know, have, have gotten through that, like those first two months where it's like super hard, then I can kind of dive, you know, full force in. So that's what I did. And I mean, the it's just, it takes so much research. It's learning so much. I've watched so many YouTube videos, so much just online articles and research and from other business owners who have opened online boutiques. And um, yeah, the, I guess the first most important thing is where are you going to buy your clothes from? Yes, exactly. So that's what research I did. And thankfully I have a really good friend who, funny enough, was actually my roommate in New York. Um, so her and I went to college together, but her family owns like the number one clothing boutique in Auburn. Oh, wow. So, um, and they carry like all kinds of brands, like all the good stuff. And so she's been a great sounding board for me where, you know, I'm like, okay, well, where do I need to go? Um, and just like anything else, you know, there's wholesale markets for people who are opening businesses. So I buy my clothing at a wholesale market for wholesale prices and then, you know, they're delivered to me and then from there it's a whole process well here's the thing i can barely get dressed in the morning but you're like you have to pick like a cohesive collection yes. of stuff because yes. when somebody walks in they don't want to be like all right this shirt doesn't really match with any of the pants you're carrying right how in the world do you like make that well blend it was really hard because so when you're shopping um at a wholesale market, which I went to for the first time, um, it's super overwhelming. So you're in this building, it's like 12 stories, and it's just round. And all you can see is clothing upon clothing upon clothing on every floor. And if you really think about it, like what's in season, what they're showing you at this show that, that is available for the next season, yeah, it's all a lot of the same stuff from different vendors. Okay. So... 
it was hard because I'm like, okay, well, I'm walking around, I'm seeing so many of the same things, but how do I know, am I buying it at the cheapest price? Should I buy it from over there? I don't know. So it was, it's such a learning process, but you, I took a lot of pictures. I feel like if I, like the first place I would go to and I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy, you know, these five styles, take a picture of them. So then the next place I go to, I'm like, well, does any of this go with the stuff I bought at the previous place? Okay. So, you know, you kind of keep like a running a running tally of like the things that you're getting and making sure that like in addition to like basic pieces that you know can go with what people already have in their mm-hmm. closets um you also want to get some exciting pieces that people can like be like oh i've never seen something like this before or maybe i'd be willing to like venture out and try this new yeah. style or silhouette so it was a combination for sure so who is your thread and theory girl like who wears thread and theory i would say anybody who is from the ages of 28, 29 to like late 30s. Yeah. Late 30s, I would say. Um, I would even maybe go like earlier 20s too. I would say like 21 maybe to like the late 30s. Yeah. Um, somebody who is a business gal, somebody who works in corporate America, um, all kinds of, of people really. I have, I would say I have a mixture of like anything from casual wear to like day to night. I wouldn't necessarily say I have like evening or sure fancy wear or anything like that. Um, <laughs> Is that a retail term? Yeah. <laughs> fancy, fancy wear. wear. <laughs> I do not have fancy wear. Well, all right. We'll get our rhinestones elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so in addition to having those little pop-ups, you're going to do the website also, yes. which I feel like is a whole nother set of skills. Oh my God. It's such a beast. So yeah, imagine building a website. Nope. Which I've done everything. I, I mean, I haven't hired anybody to like do my website for me. So I, that was a process I had to figure out. And then you have to keep in mind too, are people, is your system where people pay on your website going to be the same as the system that people are paying when they're shopping in your pop-up location sure. or if you're doing a pop-up somewhere else. And so it's like a whole different world. So yeah, then you have to think about, okay, well, what about my, like my point of sale terminals and what kind of cards am I going to accept and all of that and if somebody's ordering online then what's my return policy and how can they view my oh jeez I didn't even think of that yeah there's like all the final sale goodbye (laughs) do not return (laughs) yeah exactly so there's a whole kind of other world to online and then you have to think about like you have the option a lot of the time to decide whether you want people to to pay one flat rate for shipping or if you want to do things by weight. So a lot of the times when you go on big box retail websites, it's a flat rate for shipping just because larger companies can afford to just guesstimate what the shipping is going to be. So for me, I'm like, well, can I really afford to guesstimate what shipping is? Probably not. So that was something else I had to figure out. And then, you know, it's a well, yeah, because I feel like overall people are like, I will never pay shipping. Like, right. If you don't have a free shipping code, like, I'm out. Right. Exactly. But people, what people don't see, I guess, well, I guess maybe people feel like that a lot for for bigger companies. I feel like Certainly. that for bigger companies because yeah. I think, I'm like, well, you can afford to, like, have free shipping. But I think that people are more flexible when it comes to shopping, like, small business mm-hmm. because they under, I think, I feel like they understand or mm-hmm. they should understand that, like, that essentially that could be coming out of my pocket. You know, at the end of the month, I've shipped 20 orders, but I guesstimated the shipping was only $2 on each order. Then I've lost money. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I feel like the clothing market has never been more saturated in a lot of respects because there are so many little boutiques. But at the same time, I feel like people are looking for, like I shop off of Instagram all the time, yeah. where if I see someone wearing a piece and I mm -hmm. think that they have my body type or whatever. So it's almost like you can target people much better yeah. than yeah. ever before too. Yes, I agree with that. But I also think in the world of Instagram right now, it's extremely difficult to be seen. Okay. So I feel like these boutiques on Instagram that have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers are the ones that are being seen because they're getting the likes. They're getting, you know, Instagram, the Instagram algorithm thinks that that's what people want to see mm -hmm. because that's what people are liking. So it's very hard to grow an Instagram or online business and try to promote it through Instagram because of the Instagram algorithm. But you're already off to a great start because you've been on Instagram for a long time and you're what would be considered like a micro influencer. Yes. And you already have a partnership with a lot of brands as yes. it is. So what have you learned from that experience that you'll take into your own retail experience? Um, I think the most important thing is just like being your authentic self um, is really important. I feel like people a lot, especially now, I feel like can see through a lot of like, I don't know, the the fakeness on mm -hmm. Instagram where people are, are given this like free product and they're just like, well, I'm going to promote this because that's what the company's telling me yeah. to do or because they're paying me to do so. Um, and I feel like a, your followers can like sense that. So I think that you're better off just being, just being who you are and sharing yeah. the, the things that you really like do enjoy because likely your followers are also going to enjoy those things and therefore continue to follow you or like your content, share your content, et cetera. So, Cause it's a little bit of a joke, like that's not on brand, but like truly like you say no to things because they're not on brand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the amount of emails that I get that are, you know, anywhere from smaller companies to bigger companies, but a lot of the times they're not on brand and, and I'm not going to lie. I know we've chatted, like I've done things that aren't on brand <laughs> and and then you think back and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that because it's not on brand. Like, do my, my followers don't give a crap about that, mm -hmm. you know? But sometimes in the moment you're caught up and you're just like, oh, wow, this is like a huge brand. So it's exciting that I'm being offered this opportunity to like work with this huge brand. Yeah. And then you kind of overlook the fact that, well, your followers don't really care about that brand. So yeah. it's not even worth it. But, you know, you live and you learn and you you kind of see also from the engagement on what that post does. Like, okay, maybe I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> so what's your like, what's your top tips for taking like a great selfie? Cause Ooh. if you go on your page, like you always like, you don't have that super cheesy mug. You know what I mean? Like when I take a selfie, it's just like, like I'm smiling, <laughs> but you have just kind of like a, Oh, a smile. don't, don't mind me. If I stand here in my bedroom, it's actually not that big of a deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do you take like a good, okay. So, Pick. Lighting, lighting, lighting. Yes. 100%. So if you're going to take a selfie in your house, take a selfie in front of a window. Okay. So if you face the window and your camera faces away from the window. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, then that way your face is just glowy and gorgeous. And then you can post your Instagram so okay. you feel good about it. Um, you also like do like the little leg hitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, That's yeah, present. The pose. Well, but that, mm -hmm. not for a selfie though. Right, right, right. But like, no, when you do like the, oh, in the mirror. Yes, yes, mirror you know? selfie. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mirror selfie. Okay, so the pose is very important. So I feel like you need, like, elongate your body. So I feel like you need to, like, prop a leg out, 
I don't know, put a hand on a hip or make a gesture with your hand. Something that's so that you're not just like still in front of the mirror, yeah. you know, looking awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, for mirror selfies specifically, I like to take a mirror selfie in like a place that's really pretty behind me so that people are not just like, oh, well, it's just like a generic old mirror selfie. They're like, oh, what's that place? That place is kind of cool. Yeah. So... Whenever I do take a mirror selfie, it's because I'm, like, somewhere cool. Or if there's, like, a spot in my house that I, like, feel really good about, then I'll take mirror selfies there. Um, so, yeah, that's, I feel like, a good pose and a good backdrop for okay. a mirror selfie. Let's transition over to motherhood because I want to stay on brand. Yeah. If you will. Um, so what do you think has been your greatest success story as a mom? Like, what do you think, like... I want. I went in wanting to do it this way, and I nailed it. Like this is exactly how I wanted it to be. I would say have. I would say I went in being like very committed to having my kid be a really good sleeper, mm-hmm. and I feel like I've succeeded. Nailed in that. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that little pot roast can sleep. Yeah, I feel like he's really good. He. I mean, he just doesn't give us a hard time at all. And I feel like I can take credit for the sleeping part of it, but I can't take credit for, like, also, like, him just being who His he temperament. is. Yeah, like, he's just a very calm child. And so I think I, I we nailed it on the sleeping part. And then in addition, he's just a delight. <laughs> so um, I honestly, and I only know, like, from the boy mom experience, mm-hmm. but, like, little baby boys, like, they just hang out. I mean, they're fine with it. And I'm fine with it also. I'm fine with it too, but I kind of really want a girl. Do you? Yeah. I only want to have two kids. I want a boy and I want a girl and I want to be done. But I think I have a feeling that I'm going to have all boys. See, if I had a third child, I almost would want it to be a boy. Because I just like, I'm just living for this boy mom thing. I just love it. And you know what? You're just a, you're a good boy mom. You think so? Yes. What makes you say that? I feel like you're just, I feel like you're like down in there with them. Like, you know, like in the trenches. Yeah. You're just like good about like being in the trenches and like you're, I feel like your kids are, you know, they're into like boy stuff and you're yeah. good about like, I don't know, supporting their like boy yeah. stuff. And like, I feel like I'm going to be like that way too. I, mm-hmm. whatever Levi wants, if he wants a dinosaur, then that's what he'll get. If he right. wants a truck, then sure. But I also feel like I would be top notch girl mom. What do you think is the hardest part of motherhood so far? Uh, oh, I mean, I, I guess I'll just be honest. I feel like getting, like losing the life you had before having a kid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that. And I feel like that's taboo to say in some ways. Well, yeah. Right? That's why I'm kind of like, oh, but yeah. I'd love. I think people I are love... going to be really glad you said that. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's the truth. I think, you know. Now, John and I have to look at each other and be like, okay, well, we can't just up and go, you know? Before, we used to be able to just up and go, whether it be to dinner, whether it be to a bar, whether it be to a friend's house, away for the weekend. Like, there was never anything that we needed to, like, think about besides our dogs. And that was like, you know, okay. So now, everything, our whole life revolves around him. And we love it. We love him and we love our lives revolving around him. But it's hard to, like, I don't know, sometimes it's hard to just, like, want to do something and then be like, oh, well. Levi has to go to bed mm-hmm. at seven, so we can't. I know. You know? Or I don't want to bring my kid somewhere, you know, at nine o'clock at night and then have him be, like, irritated. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, your life changes. And it's for the better 100%, but it's also really hard to, like, leave that old life behind. And so when people say, like, when you have a kid, your life changes completely, it's 100% true. Because 
it does. And a well, lot of the time you had you had Levi after being married for what two and a half years or so. Yeah, so okay. we're going on three years this January. And do he's you five feel months. like that was a good time for you guys, or do you wish you would have waited? Mm-mm. I feel like it was a good time. Yeah, and I also feel like maybe for us it was a little different because we dated for like seven years mm-hmm. before, so we had already been together for like a lifetime. It felt like, and um, and then two years of marriage, you know. We had, we had moved into this house, so we went from, like, a, a smaller house to a bigger house, so we had made that transition, and then it kind of felt like, okay, a year in our new house has passed, and now we feel like, okay, the next step is, like, yeah. we introduced a little little cherub. What do you think about your in-laws? <laughs> <laughs> that is an extremely loaded question. Well, you know, I just, um, I just want you to feel like you can get it all out, because no one listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, like um until your mom hears this and then she's like, "John, you need to divorce her." <laughs> okay. So, because I am always just like some people just really really despise their in-laws and I I feel like I'm married into like the most top-notch family that I could have. You know what I yeah, mean? So yeah. like honestly, like what do you think of us? Okay, so <laughs> The, my no, okay, I have to say my number one favorite thing yes. is that I'm an only child and yes. I'm married into a family that has, my husband has, you know, three other siblings. Yes. So I think that's fun because, mm-hmm. especially because two of them are girls. And so now I have like two sister-in-laws that are right. like sisters. So that's fun for me. That's my favorite part probably. And then I would say in terms of like in-laws, I would just say they're very different than like, than, yeah. than my family, you know, because I think. Hispanic culture is very affectionate and very loud and very in your face and mm-hmm. and warm. And I think that maybe the Ukrainian slash American side of your family is a little less in your face. Yeah. Warm. Yeah. And cuddly. So but I think but that that's okay. I think that well, here's the thing that um people maybe don't know is that you quickly rose to the top of thank the you, family. I feel like you're the favorite child <laughs> and you're not even a biological I can, child. I can do no wrong. <laughs> it's true. I know. It's a hundred percent true. I know. <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but I did. I feel good about it though. Erica, where can people find you? I want people to be able to shop Thread and Theory to follow yes. you on Instagram. So let's let's give a little shout out here. Um, okay. Yeah. So if you want to shop Thread and Theory, Instagram is sh- at shop thread N, the letter N. Okay. Theory. So shop thread in theory. Gotcha. And then if you want to follow me personally, my Instagram is at the casually styled and my link for thread in theory is in my bio. So if you want to do that, that's the easiest way to Hashtag do it. link in bio. Yep. Link in bio, the casually styled. Okay. So follow me. I'm at Denise WQAD. We are coming to recorded from the burbs of Fort Lauderdale. Everybody, please rate the podcast. Give me a five star. Do a little subscribe action that makes sure that you get all of the episodes as they come out. And then if you write a little nice, kind review, maybe we'll read it here on the pod. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Erica, for letting me sit on the floor of your closet for 45 minutes. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Bye, everybody. Ah, Erica. (laughs) What a gal. Thank you so much for um, that conversation. And now for the giveaway. Should I sing more often? No. 
I'm partnering with Thread and Theory to gift you a $50 gift card and some WQAD swag. So go to my Instagram page to enter, as you heard, at Denise WQAD. Follow all the instructions on the posts. Okay, so you're going to need to follow me. You're going to need to follow Erica and um, tag some friends. So just follow along on Instagram. I will announce the winner on next week's podcast. You guys are going to want this gift card. You're going to want to do some shopping. The holidays are coming up. You need this stuff. And um, we're going to give it to you for free. So good luck. Thank you for listening to On a Mother Level and for supporting Thread and Theory. Thanks for listening to On a Mother Level from the Tribune Audio Network. Tribune Audio Network.